Coming up next on The Voice of Alabama Politics, another bathroom bill. Also, former President Trump meets with Katie Britt. And at the State House, the culture wars are in full swing. Uh, what's the idea? Oh! Kind of like the Stooges. It's just big act. All this and much, much more coming up next on The V. Welcome to The Voice of Alabama Politics, where we tackle the tough issues so you have the hard facts. I'm your host, Bill Britt, and today I'm joined by Susan Britt, research guru extraordinaire, and Josh Moon, investigative reporter and columnist at APR. Welcome. Hi, guys. Hey guys. Well, it, politics is never dull, you know. There's <laughs> always something going on behind the scenes, and this week uh, we, got, we got some alerts from Mar-a-Lago that Katie Britt was down visiting former President Trump on Tuesday. This was also reported by The Hill and Politico. And Susan, they had a, a spirited uh, conversation we hear. Uh, they, had a, they had a good time meeting and chatting. Uh, but there were also some things that came up that weren't so good for other people. Uh, it seems like uh, pre the former President Trump is not real happy with Durant. Durant, you know, with him denying his sister's claims of sexual abuse by the father, he thinks he was, quote, I think a nasty man or something like that. So he's not real pleased with him. He's not real pleased with Mo Brooks either because, you know, he keeps trying to get the Sessions uh, endorsement plus all of that time before Trump got elected that he didn't like Trump. And so mm, those two candidates have kind of got a fur in his backside. But according to what we heard, uh, he did have a great conversation with Katie Britt. He really likes her dynamic personality and the fact that she can raise a ton of money and her husband is a 6'8 former NFL athlete. <laughs> those, those are all positive things in Trump world, aren't they, Josh? Yeah, I mean, he, he, likes the, he likes the looks of people. He talks about central casting a lot, and, and so yeah. he's, he's big on, on the presentable factor of, of candidates. He likes their outward appearance and, and how they look on screen, and, and particularly if they perform well on screen. He's a big fan of them. He's, you know, he's, he's in that TV world, and so he, he kind of focuses on the superficial, I would say. Uh, you know, uh, but, yeah, it's, it's all a bit sickening to me, so... But I know this, these, are none of, these are none of your candidates, but uh, Politico said while this might not be an, an, uh, a sign that he's going to unendorse Brooks, mm -hmm. <coughs> it is unusual for him to meet with other candidates where he's endorsed their opponents. And the fact that this Sessions thing has really put a burr in his saddle because Sessions uh, you know, recused himself from the Russia investigation and Trump has never forgiven him for it. But we, we know what Mo is. Mo is an opportunist, and that's that's all he's ever been. And so when he can please Trump, he'll please him. When he can, he can. Mm -hmm. Let's move on. Uh, I thought, oh, one other thing. He called Durant the McCain candidate. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Re yeah. Referring to the former Arizona Republican. Which Senator. you would think would be quite a badge of honor. I, I mean, it's just, I mean, I don't, they've taken the best people and turned them into enemies. I don't understand. The best people well, in the he, Republican parties are now enemies. I don't understand. You, you, you know, Trump said that he didn't respect McCain because McCain got captured. Well, yeah. so did Durant. 
Well, no. I, but, but I think the thing is, and I think this is what Trump's alluding to, is he, he considers Durant just another rhino, Republican in name only. And that's what Trump does. And listen, Trump's people love him. Uh, the people that don't, don't like him don't like him. Uh, in Alabama, an endorsement makes a lot. Let's look at uh, the new polls, the Farm Pack poll, which is the political arm of Alpha, strong political group here in Alabama, has shows that Mo Brooks is at 34%, Katie Brooke, Britt, Katie Britt at 29%, and Mike Grant, 24%. What do you make of that, Josh? Yeah, you know, I, I'm, I feel like uh, you basically have a four-way race uh, here uh, between the three candidates and undecided. Uh, and I'd put all of them at about 25%. Uh, you know, and so there's a, there's a whole big chunk of votes sitting out there for somebody <coughs> to grab. Um, and, and I think that it's going to be determined in the final few weeks of, of this race uh, who, who takes a leg up in this and who basically gets into a runoff. Because I think that at this point, there's undoubtedly going to be a runoff uh, between two of these candidates. And I think it's going to be pretty close. And I think, uh, you know, I, I would have to give the edge to, to Katie Britt in this just because she has the money. Uh, and she seems like she has a lot of the, uh, the state endorsements. And I feel like those are going to push her across the line. And if, it, if something were to happen, you know, her interesting thing the other day they said that it, it's not a big deal necessarily for trump to <coughs> endorse you in alabama but it is a big deal if trump pulls an endorsement from you right. uh, you know if he works against you i think yeah. that hurts you more so uh than than helps you if he endorses you so uh you know i, I think we saw that with jeff sessions and, and we've seen it in some other races as well but i think that is a big uh, a big thing for her if she can if she can somehow or another pull either an endorsement or get him working against durant or, or brooks i think that pushes her into a runoff and she can use some of that money to get over the top one of the things susan we heard out of our friends at <clears throat> our insiders is that Trump said that this handling of his sister's uh, abuse by his father and denying it pointed directly to his character and that he, he found that Durant must be a person of low character. I, I know Josh is going <laughs> to break up with that. Your character, my God. <laughs> but, but if Trump would come out and say something about Durant, Susan, I think that'd make a huge I, deal. I think it would. You know, we've got 13% undecided in this in this race, and I think that could that could pull a lot of weight in those undecided voters. I really do. Well, Durant's been up on television a lot. Uh, Mo Brooks has not, but the group that's supporting him, Club for Growth, has been bashing Katie Britt. Katie Britt, uh, their campaign announced this past week that they were going to be putting up about 1.4 million dollars in ads over the next couple of weeks. That that might move the needle a little bit, Josh, but I'm not sure. Yeah, I would say they would probably move the needle some, but you know, a lot of it is in in how the ads are received. You know, I hear a, a lot from, uh, especially about Durant, even from from Republicans uh, that might consider voting for him, that the saturation of ads is becoming annoying to them. And I think you got to be careful with that. Uh, you know, especially when you're taking on more superficial topics uh, and right. and you're not running. I'll give you an example, like the Kay Ivey ad where she's talking about Joe Biden. Um, you can run that a fair amount of times because it's not really an issues kind of ad. She's trying to be kind of funny. Will Ainsworth ran a lot of these things a few years ago, yeah. and I think they yeah. work pretty well. Yeah, I think one of the things is Katie has not been up on television or radio. Right. And she, This is something new for her. But I was talking to Jeff Poor, who does a great radio show down in the Mobile, Baldwin area, Baldwin County area, and he said that he found the Brit voters were very passionate 
He, he didn't find any voters who were passionate about Durant, and he also found that Mo Brooks has passionate voters. I just yeah. think that Brooks has a ceiling. I think he yeah. can't get over it. Yeah, I think that, I think that's true, and I think I think I feel like Durant's vote at this point right now it may change some over the course of time. Is a well, I'm looking for somebody different. Uh, vote, yeah, you know, yeah, and, and yeah. I, so they're not necessarily tied to him, uh, but they're tied to the idea of him. Right. One thing we know is passionate voters show up. That's right. We're going to have to leave it right there. You're watching The V, the voice of Alabama politics. We'll be right back. Lindy Blanchard started out in a trailer in Wetumpka, then succeeded in business. President Trump named her our country's ambassador to Slovenia. Now she's stepping forward to fight for Alabama. I will use my business experience to create jobs, end vaccine and mask mandates, improve our schools, and restore election security. Driven by faith, trusted by President Trump, conservative outsider Lindy Blanchard for governor. My dog Jupiter is frightened when I climb too high. The owl said. Check for monsters, Daddy. I did, honey. There are no monsters. You're perfectly safe. Protect yourself and those you love. Vaccinate now. So you got caught speeding. But this time, you got more than a ticket. What are you in for? Vehicular homicide. Stop speeding before speeding stops you. Drive safe, Alabama. A message from your Alabama Department of Transportation. Welcome back to The V, the voice of Alabama politics. Polls are interesting. They give us a snapshot into what what's going on. The, the polls, of course, with, between the Senate race is important. It also gives the campaigns a snapshot of where others are seeing the race. I think Alpha did everybody a service by releasing their poll. Uh, they did one on Governor Kay Ivey and Tim James and Lindy Blanchard. They did not include the seven dwarfs because anybody that did not get a above a two percent was not included. I call it seven dwarfs because you have nine people running. Right. Uh, so you got Governor Ivy, Tim James, and uh, Lindy Blanchard and the seven dwarfs. Uh, no offense to the dwarfs. Uh, <laughs> no, right. Dwarfs in general. I don't mean yeah. that. Small people. Yeah. None. Uh, but the uh, data that's released by Farm Pack shows that Kay Ivy is leading the pack by almost fifty-five percent. Tim James is coming in a little under twelve percent. Lindy Blanchard a little under 10%. Uh, Susan, what does that tell you? Well, it tells me that running, that Ivy's running away with the race, which is not something we didn't expect. And you've got a 21% undecided in here, which really can't flip it for James or Blanchard at this point. They cannot, at this, as, as I can see it, get above this 54% that Ivy's got right now. I mean, Josh, Ivy would not be your candidate. Uh, I think that goes without saying. But uh, the Democrats haven't even really put up anybody to challenge her this year. I mean, in 18, they put up Walt Maddox, which I think was the best shot uh, of the, the, the time. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and a great candidate just could not take her out. 
Yeah, I think um, I think that the Democrats learned um, a lesson from Walt Maddox, um, and what they learned was is that they're they're not ready for that statewide stage at this point. Uh, you know, I, I know uh, people had this impression of things when Doug Jones was elected that oh, you know, the Alabama Democrats have turned this thing around and we're gonna there's gonna be a slow march upwards now or a quick march upwards now, um, and that's not not the case. They've got a decade's worth of rebuilding to do. Um, and so I think right now, a lot of people took a look at the, at the top of that ticket and said, you know, I, I don't feel like that's necessarily beneficial to me to run in those places. Um, and so we'll take some time build the party from the bottom. And I think they've done, you know, I, I know some of the things that they've done at the base level um, and, and some races that they focused on. And so I think they're they're doing that. You know, they're building it from the ground up. No, I would not vote for Kay Ivey. I will say, though, out of the group of misfits that are running for governor on the Republican side, she'd probably be the best choice. Uh, but it's, you know, I, I just think that at this point, she's done what you want out of a, out of a governor, or what Republicans want out of a governor, which is to just stay the hell out of sight. And I think that, you know, listen, the state has grown enormously economically, even during the pandemic under her, under her leadership. There have been no massive mistakes made. Mm -hmm. She hasn't had an affair or, or stolen Wanda's desk or any, yeah, right, done anything. Yeah. To, Somebody's to swinging from a chandelier in there, right? No, <laughs> no, not that anybody in government could spell chandelier if they had yeah. to get one. But that's true. Uh, that's true. You know, Susan, I think this is what people want. They want just steady leadership. Right. They, they don't want all the crazies. They don't want the crazy. They want everything steady, moving mm -hmm. forward, basically quiet, not having to pay attention. You know, and that's what the kind of leadership she's given us. Yeah, because crazy it costs you money. Crazy costs you money, true. man. It does. It does. I think interesting, uh, you know, and Josh, I think we've talked about this, and Susan, you and I have talked about this. You were talking about her recent ad with the Super Bowl. I mean, uh, those ads work for KI because yeah. she's not running against Tim James. She's not running against Lindy Blanchard. She's running against Joe Biden. I mean, yeah. it's a brilliant strategy. Uh, well, it's just, yeah, she, you're right. I mean, she uh, she's taken them. You shouldn't even mention them because at this mm -hmm. point, her mentioning Tim James and the other people in the race gives them more help than if she just runs her own little campaign out there. Right. I mean, Susan, somebody asked you the other day, uh, what should Kay Ivey do in 2022? And you told them what? I told them the same thing she did in 2021, nothing. 2018, yeah, but 2018. Yeah, 2018. Sorry, do, do nothing. Uh, just, just do but what you've been doing. Anybody that saw those ads, anybody that knows Kay Ivey and saw that ad, that is so her dry sense of humor. That is so much her personality which really makes that commercial come off well, I think. Well, you know, these commercials do move the needle, uh, however slightly. I mean, Durant's been up on television a bunch. Bo Brooks hasn't because he doesn't have money, but his, uh, that, that super PAC that's behind him, Club for Growth, has been out there. Katie Britt, we understand, is getting ready to spend about 1.4 million, Josh, uh, in the next couple of weeks on advertising. Uh, that's a that's a big number to spend on local advertising. Yeah, it is. Uh, you know, and I, I think that she needs to be, you know, she needs to be careful with, with some of that. I think uh, you know, that one of the reasons that that Kay ad plays pretty well is, is that it's not, it's not annoying. 
you know, yeah. it doesn't, it's a, it's a fairly quick ad. Uh, you know, there's not a lot of screaming and yelling. There's no, you know, she's not trying to play off of some made up, uh, you know, fantasy scandal or some things like that, uh, like a lot of the Duran ads are. Um, and so I think when you have ads like that, you can, you can saturate them out there a lot and, and count, but if you don't, uh, I think people get tired of them pretty quickly and you've got to rotate those things out uh, a lot or they get tired of you. Well, I tell you, Lieutenant Governor Will Ainsworth is the master of yeah. those kind of ads that make yeah. you like him, mm -hmm. uh, make you recognize him, and shows a side of him that most politicians uh, do not have, and that is yeah. a sense of humor mm -hmm. and it's mm -hmm. self-deprecating. Yeah, we had you know we had a good time going back and forth on Twitter. Uh, myself, uh, uh, Chris England, representative Chris England, and and Will Ainsworth. We were going back and forth talking about the Super Bowl halftime show. Uh, you know, we yeah. were both surprised by how much Will liked the Super Bowl halftime show, <laughs> and uh, it was uh, you know it was just a you know kind of crazy. But you're right; those ads were very very good, and they painted him in a light that I, I was favorable to the majority of people out there. Yeah. Even people who didn't like him liked those ads. Right, and, I, and you didn't get tired of those ads because they were funny or they yeah. were hopeful or, you know, it wasn't constant negativity and all I that. I mean, are you telling me that a politician in Alabama wouldn't campaign with Snoop? Really? Yeah. I mean, come on. <laughs> Not Mary J. Blige or even Dr. Dre? I mean, come on. Well, I mean, if you took a look at the popularity of that halftime show, maybe some should start. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I mean, we're a lot yeah, closer well, to marijuana legalization right now. I can tell you that. <laughs> well, you had a lot of promotion there. Anyway, you're watching The V, the voice of Alabama politics. We'll be right back. You'll never guess what 400,000 people in the U.S. were using when they crashed their cars last year. No, not this. This. Distracted driving will kill you. Drive safe, Alabama. A message from your Alabama Department of Transportation. My dog Jupiter is frightened when I climb too high. The owl said. Check for monsters, Daddy. I did, honey. There are no monsters. You're perfectly safe. Protect yourself and those you love. Vaccinate now. Alabama politics. Well, we've got paper, you know, permitless carry of firearms, concealed weapons. We've got riot bills out there, but not to be outdone. The House Committee has now come up with a bill that uh, uh, brings back the bathroom bill battles, okay. where you know we're going to determine who can use what bathroom and. In, in, in grade school, you know, we want to protect uh, children from predators that are dressed up as transgender teens, I guess. But this this is just another 
sign of the pandering to the base. It is the case where politicians misidentify a problem, then find a totally inappropriate solution to the problem, Josh. We don't have a problem with transgender bathrooms in Alabama, public schools. No, we don't have it anywhere in America. We don't have a problem with that. Um, it's, um, I don't understand what Republicans' obsessions with bathrooms are. What are y'all doing in bathrooms? That, that I, I, What do you think is happening in bathrooms? I, my God. And have y'all never been in a public restroom in a school or anywhere? Uh, there, there's no guard outside the door. Who's checking? Who's checking the genders? Okay? I mean, it just... It's so absurd to me. This isn't happening. You know, they all point to this one case in Virginia uh, where a father, you know, claimed that his daughter was attacked in a bathroom by a boy who was wearing a skirt to get into the girl's bathroom. It's nonsense. It's a made-up story. It didn't happen. The girl had a relationship with that boy previously. Uh, they had been into the bathroom already to do things in the bathroom. That's what we're talking about. That's how silly this whole thing is. If the kids want to go in the bathrooms and do stuff, they're already doing it, okay? And this thing yeah. isn't solving anything. You're just, you're, all you're doing is hurting these kids, and you know you're hurting them. The doctors have showed up to these meetings and told you that you're hurting them, that you're putting their lives at risk, and you don't give a because that, that's what you are, okay? Stop it. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you know, really, these trans, and, and, the, and the, the sponsor of the bill had the gall to say this had nothing to do with transgender youth. It has everything to do with the kids. sponsor what? of the bill didn't he couldn't even give an incident where this had happened anywhere in Alabama or anywhere in the United States for that matter. You know when the Republicans didn't take serious the bathroom laws? When Senator Larry Craig from <laughs> yeah. Idaho right. was caught, foot, solic <laughs> caught soliciting a male cop in a in the Minneapolis, Minnesota bathroom at the airport there and he said well i just have a wide stance no you were trying to hook up with another man so that, that wasn't a bathroom problem for him. Yeah. transgender youth going in the bathroom i can't have that it's just it's it's a it's a made-up story to play on people's fears of the unknown all right and but what we do know what we do know about this is you're picking on a group of people who have the highest suicide rates in the world Exactly. Okay, that's who you're picking on with this. All right, and you can pretend like that's not true, and you can make believe that you're doing something good, but you're not. You're doing something awful to these kids, and it's nonsense. You know, this whole thing, really, Susan, all seriousness, started back in around 2015 to 2018. Uh, a group of right-wing Republicans who were afraid of gay marriage, of <clears throat> gay everything, decided to use this idea of a predator, mm -hmm. of a man dressed as a woman as a predator and that that's where this narrative started and it's still being pushed today that this is about predators no it's about children that are working with doctors and their family to address an issue in their very private and personal life but these lawmakers are not looking at it like that this is just more pandering than it's well they're already teenagers <clears throat> which is an awkward age to start age to start with then you add on if they're feeling like they're transgender or, or having some issues there, then you start targeting them as a group. You know, it, it's just totally unfair over an election. Yeah. Don't yeah. be fooled. This has nothing to do with anything but an election issue. Well, I think it's sad. I think it's pitiful. I think it's definitely un-American in my mind. But I tell you what, something that's even, not even more shocking, but is just as heinous is there was a bill, and Josh, you're very familiar with it, 
where the prisons in Alabama would no longer shackle pregnant, incarcerated women. Let me- In labor. In labor. When they're going to postpartum visits, when they're giving labor to a child, they want that prisoner, that incarcerated woman, shackled. Josh, pro-life, <laughs> I don't see it. Well, you know, it, 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 it's just, it, I don't understand what we're doing, uh, you know, with the prisons um, in, in general and our attitudes towards the people in, in prison. Um, because we all know people. We all know people who are in prison. Hell, some of the, some of the people in, in the legislature have been in prison, you know. Yeah. So some of their good friends right now are in prison. Uh, and, and so, They work females, though. They work females. Yes, no, it's true, and but it's just it's this mindset that we have of uh, that we how we separate out the these prisoners as though they're they're somehow inhuman all of a sudden that they lose their yeah. humanity as soon as yeah. they're locked up for right. any offense, no matter if it's you know, drug related or whatever it is. All of a sudden, we don't care anymore. We don't care what they eat. We don't care what they do. Right. We don't care about their rehabilitation. We don't care about any of it. And and this is just they another. Don't also Sign. They, they also don't care if that baby lives or dies because there's been instances of pregnant women that were shackled yeah. that fell and because they couldn't brace themselves on the way down, the baby was injured and they lost the child. Where's your pro-life there, folks? Well, and there's all, you know, there's all, there's been studies that show this is not a problem, but it is a problem if there's an emergency during the pregnant uh, during the delivery, it, it, it can hinder the doctors being able to do what they need to do. These are real issues, and that bill was t was held over, was held over, and it, which we know held over means yeah. going nowhere. Did right? Did. I mean, what is she going to run down the street in labor? I don't think so, folks. I mean, I just you know, don't... if our if, if our if our uh, guards at uh, prisons, if our COs can't catch a pregnant woman without shackles. They need some more fitness training. But yeah. it's just sad that we're, we're trying to punish children that are going through a hard time and punish mothers because they're incarcerated. It's just ridiculous. No, it is. And, and the thing of it that gets me is, is nobody's saying that they cannot be handcuffed, okay? Right. That they cannot be handcuffed in a way that, that, that protects the guards and everybody. All they're asking for is to keep the shackles off of them so they don't trip and fall easily. Because I don't know if you've, you've been around pregnant women, but it's sometimes hard for them to walk when they get, yeah. when they get pregnant. You know, their feet swell. They, they have all sorts of complications and problems. Problems, understandably so because they're carrying another human inside of them and yep. just the callousness of that is I, what that's it and we're gonna we're gonna have to leave it there but you hit it on the head it's the callousness where is the compassion for human life but anyway you've been watching the v the voice of alabama politics you watch us because we watch them